Hey there, it's Dana from CanLearn English, and you're listening to the CanLearn English Podcast. The CanLearn English Podcast is for intermediate to advanced English language learners who are serious about learning English for everyday life. With this podcast, you'll reach fluency faster by learning phrasal verbs, common expressions, conversation tips, and of course, some typical Canadianisms. Are you ready to learn English for the Great White North? Let's get started. As you know, there is a transcript and a study guide for this lesson with detailed vocabulary explanations and listening comprehension. Lots of great stuff to help you reach that advanced level of English that you're striving for. If you want to get those, you can sign up for the Podcast Plus membership and I'll email them to you every week. You also get a login to our website where you can use the premium podcast player. This is a great player that actually allows you to read the transcript as you listen and it highlights the words. You can pause, you can go back, jump forward. And you can actually slow down the audio. So if you're having trouble understanding a certain part, you can slow down my voice. So you can go and get all of this by going to canlearnenglishpodcast.com forward slash transcripts. You can join for less than the price of a few coffees a month. So if you'd like to become a member, go to canlearnenglishpodcast.com forward slash transcripts or just go to canlearnenglishpodcast.com and click on transcripts. It's really easy. So how's it going, guys? I'm doing pretty well. It's been a pretty good week for me. We had the flu going around in my house, the stomach flu. So this is, the British call it the vomiting bug, and I will spare you any details, but everybody was sick, and fingers crossed, so far, I have not been afflicted. So I'm feeling pretty lucky. I've been getting lots of work done and creating lots of great content for the podcast and for the Can Learn English YouTube channel. Lots of great things are coming. If you're in Canada, then it's been a shorter week for you. So I'm sure you're in a great mood as well. I always love when there's a holiday and you have a shorter week. It's just great, isn't it? So today's topic is thankfulness and gratitude. And of course, this is in honor of Thanksgiving in Canada that was celebrated this past weekend. And usually the tradition is in Canada, well, at least in my family, is that we say something that we're grateful for when we're having dinner. So everybody goes around and says something that they are grateful for. And one thing that I am very grateful for this year is a new member in our family. My sister had a baby on the 30th of September, new baby William Alexander. Uh, We just call him Will for short, and he is absolutely adorable. Now, I haven't got to meet him just yet because obviously I'm in Switzerland and they're in Canada, but I do plan to go cuddle my brand new nephew. So that would be what I'm grateful for this year is little Will. But we don't just need to express gratitude once a year. We often express gratitude many times in the day, right? So since it's something we do so often, in this episode, you will learn a few ways that we can say thanks in English 
and then I'm going to tell you a famous Canadian story about gratitude. When someone does something nice for us, the obvious reaction is to thank them in some way. How we thank them will depend on a few factors. These can be the type of relationship we have with that person. So if they're a stranger, a close friend, or a colleague, and really the type of favor. So we're going to thank someone differently if they hold the door for us versus if they, I don't know, lend us their car, right? So we're going to do three situations and three examples with each. There'll be a casual situation with a stranger, a friend who does something really nice for you, and then a business situation. So I want you to imagine you're at a local coffee shop. We're in Canada, so let's just make it Tim Hortons. That's a lot easier for everyone. And someone says to you, you can go ahead in line. So this sometimes happens. Maybe the person still can't decide what they want, or maybe you look like you're in a rush and they're just going to be nice. So obviously we need to thank this person because they did something kind. So the most obvious one is just thanks. Or we might say thanks a bunch or thanks a lot. So depending how we say this can mean different things. So a lot of times Maple might say thanks a lot. Now I hope you can hear from my voice. That's not a good thing. So I'll show you the two. Thanks a lot and thanks a lot. So I'm changing my intonation. Thanks a lot. More means like it's sarcastic. I'm like not thanking you when I do that. So you might use this intonation if someone, I don't know, says something rude to you. So say my sister says, wow, Dana, you've packed on a few pounds since I last saw you. I might say, thanks a lot. Like that wasn't nice. I'm not thanking you for that. But if the person that we were talking about in the line at Tim Hortons lets you in front, you could say, oh, thanks a lot. And that's a nicer way of saying it. Or we might go a step further and say, thanks, that's so kind of you. So we're giving the person a compliment in exchange for the favor they did us. So let's take the next situation. This is a friend of yours and it's your birthday. And they know that you love musicals and you love going to the theater to watch them. You've always wanted to go see a play on Broadway. So your best friend organized a total surprise and she's going to take you on a trip to New York City to see a famous musical on Broadway. That's amazing. That's a really good friend, right? So obviously this deserves a huge thank you. You can start off by saying how you're feeling. I'm so surprised or I can't believe it. Then add a compliment. You're the best or you're amazing. And then say thank you. So we might add a little bit more. We could say, I can't thank you enough or it was so thoughtful of you. Thank you. And finally, let's think of a more formal situation, one at work. So sometimes we speak differently with our colleagues than we do with our friends, especially if the colleagues are of seniority to us or if you're in a group or if the people that you're speaking with don't work in your company, you would obviously use a more formal tone than you would with a person who maybe sits beside you and you talk to every day. So say you call a meeting, it's a last minute meeting and you need to discuss something with the entire team. Your boss is there, your boss's boss is there, uh, people who are more senior than you in the company are there. 
You can say, I'm so grateful that everyone took the time to be here. Or, I really appreciate your time today. Or you could say, thanks so much for your time. I know that it's valuable. So here we are being a little bit more formal than just saying, "Uh, thanks for coming. This is something maybe you'd more say when you throw a barbecue. Thanks everybody for coming. Whereas if you're calling a meeting, you might say, I'm very grateful for your time or I appreciate that you took the time to come to this meeting. So let's move on to our story of gratitude. Have you ever heard of the Canadian Tulip Festival? This festival is held every May in Ottawa and it claims to be the world's largest tulip festival, displaying over 1 million tulips with an attendance of over 650,000 visitors every year. These tulips are planted all throughout the city with the largest displays found in Commissioner's Park on the shores of Dow's Lake and along the Rideau Canal with 300,000 tulips planted there alone. And the origin of this beautiful festival is rooted in gratitude. Back in the 1940s, the world was at war. The Nazis had invaded many countries in Europe, and in 1940, the Dutch royal family fled the Nazi invasion of the Netherlands. Crown Princess Juliana of the Netherlands and her husband, Prince Bernard, and their two young daughters, the future Queen Beatrix and Princess Irene, fled to the United Kingdom. But we all know that this necessarily wasn't the safest place with the German bombings of the UK. So the Governor General of Canada at the time extended an invitation for the family to reside in Canada for the remainder of the war. So the family accepted this offer and they all moved to Canada. In the fall of 1942, the news was released that Princess Juliana was expecting her third baby. This news reached Europe and I think this is a really neat part of the story. Anne Frank heard the news. Of course, Anne Frank was a young Jewish girl living in Nazi-occupied Holland, and her diary has become famous throughout the world. So you can read Anne Frank's diary, and you can even visit the house that she was living at in the Netherlands. She wrote in her diary on the 21st of September, I sometimes listen to the Dutch broadcasts from London. Prince Bernard recently announced that Princess Juliana is expecting a baby in January which I think is wonderful. No one here understands why I take such interest in the royal family. I think that's a really neat part of this story. Anybody who likes to follow royal families, and Frank did as well, so that's something that people have had interest in for many years. Now back to this famous pregnancy. This was a time before advanced sonograms, so people wouldn't know the gender of the baby until after the birth. If the baby were to be a boy, then he would be the heir to Princess Juliana and become king. But for this to happen, the baby would have to be 100% Dutch. He couldn't be a dual citizen. He couldn't be Canadian and Dutch. Nationality law can be complicated, and each country does this their own way. The Dutch follow the right of blood meaning that nationality is inherited by one or both parents. Canada follows what's called right of the soil or birthright citizenship. This means that if a person is born in Canada, 
they have the right to be a Canadian. But remember, it's really important that the child did not inherit Canadian citizenship by being born in Canada. So what were they going to do? The Canadian government therefore decreed that the maternity ward at the Ottawa Civic Hospital would be declared extraterritorial for the birth, ensuring that the baby would have Dutch citizenship alone. So they decided that this area was not going to be part of Canada for a few days while the baby was supposed to be born. Well, the baby was a girl and she was named Princess Marguerite. And in 1945, Holland was liberated by the Allies, which included Canadian forces, and the Dutch family moved back to the Netherlands. Princess Juliana was so grateful for Canada for all the wonderful hospitality that she sent 100,000 tulip bulbs to Canada. And then the next year, she sent 20,000 and asked that they be planted at the Ottawa Civic Hospital, where Marguerite was born. And this inspired the first tulip festival in 1953. Since then, Canada and the Netherlands have had a special relationship, and the Dutch are a major immigrant group in Canada. There are over a million Canadians of Dutch ancestry, including those with full and partial ancestry, and over 400,000 people of Dutch origin are permanent residents in Canada. Now, I think this is a wonderful story. It shows, you know, what you can do when you are grateful for something. Now, obviously, most of us can't go and give 100,000 tulips to someone when they do us a favor, but it was really nice that the royal family showed their appreciation And now there's a festival every year in Canada, which brings a lot of joy to many people. That's it for our episode today. If you would like the transcripts and the lesson notes for this episode, all you need to do is become a Podcast Plus member. You can do that by going to canlearnenglishpodcast.com forward slash transcripts. And please support this free podcast by subscribing, liking, and sharing this podcast. Until next time, guys. Bye-bye.